If you want to be ready with your Bibles, we're going to be looking in Galatians, um, and I'll, uh, I'll tell you what verse in a minute. So, <clears throat> when I was about 19, uh, I went to a conference at Holy Trinity Brompton Church in London um, about Youth Alpha, and it was a it was a great day, and then at the end, there was this fantastic time of worship and, and time of meeting with God. <clears throat> and I was on my youth work gap year here, um, and I was sort of coming to the end of that, and I was just really asking the Lord, you know, what, what do you want me to do? What job do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for work? You know, what's, what's next? Um, and during that worship time, God gave me a picture, and it was like a, as in, I saw it in my mind, not physically, um, and it was like a, like a scan picture of, of like a baby. And I was like, oh, that, you know, Lord, that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, do you want me to carry on working with children? You know, what, what does it mean? Do you want me to take care of orphans? Do you want me to go and minister in an abortion clinic? You know, what, what, do you want me to work with teenagers who are pregnant? What, what do you want me to do with that? And, um, and, and nothing kind of, I was thinking through all these options and nothing kind of seemed right. So I was like, okay, um, just carry on worshipping and, and leave it there. And then a little while later during that worship time, a girl who I'd never met, um, came over and she said that the Lord had just um, told her to come and tell me that the Lord really loved me, that he really loved me. What an awesome message to receive. So she prayed for me and then, and then she left. Um, fantastic. And um, as I was carrying on, on worshipping, God said to me, that child is you. <laughs> so that child in that picture that I showed you, that was you. He said, before you were even born... I knew you. I knit you together in your mum's womb. I was like, oh, that's amazing. That's really, really good. Obviously, a really encouraging word. No idea what I was going to go and do after that, but that, that didn't matter. God said, I knew you before you were even born. I knew you. Isn't it interesting that my first response to that picture that he gave me was, what do you want me to do, Lord? What work do you want me to do? What job have you got? When actually, he was just reminding me who... I was, or whose I was. I, I acted like a slave. What job have you got? What work have you got? But God was telling me that I was his child. Okay, so that's, we're going to look at that a little bit tonight. We're just going to unpack what that means a little bit. So um, I've I read all of Galatians to kind of prepare for this, and it was a fantastic letter. So if you haven't read it, if you haven't read it, or if you haven't read it recently, then I would really encourage you to read it, because it, it gets all of what we're going to talk about tonight in context. But we're going to look at Galatians 4, Galatians 4, verse 7. So just a simple verse says, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Okay, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So we're just going to look at sort of those three parts of that. We're no longer a slave, we're a child, and we're an heir. So you're no longer a slave. Were you ever a slave? (laughs) Did somebody come to collect you from the hospital when you were born and said, right, you're mine now? No, but that's not what Paul's talking about. If you read the rest of Galatians, Paul's talking about being a slave to the law. He's talking to these people who he spent a lot of time with, this church that he set up. And he's writing this letter to them because people have come in and they've said, you're not under grace, actually. You have to work. You have to, you have to abide by the law to really be a child of God. And Paul said to them, you know that's not true. That is not what I told you. You are not a slave to the law, okay? You are saved by grace. Grace fulfills the law. That's what Paul's trying to tell them. So it's a different kind of of slavery that Paul's warning them against. They were trying to use the law to justify and earn their place in God's kingdom. 
A slave works and they're only significant to their owner by the things that they do. Oh, no, that's the point of a slave. It's the things that they do. It's the job that they do. But that's not us. It's not the law. It's grace. So what, what are we slaves to, I wonder? If we're no longer slaves, what are we slaves to? Well, I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know about your life. When I look back over mine, um, I've never particularly suffered with any major addictions or anything like that, but fear is something that crops up time and time again in my life. I'm not a worrier. I don't worry. Well, you know, <laughs> not much. <laughs> but fear, every now and then, fear pops in. So I would say sometimes, sometimes, I'm a slave to fear. But if we look, you don't, <clears throat> don't have to turn to it, but in, in Galatians 5, just a few verses along, Paul says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. And I just thought that was really interesting. Stand firm and don't let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Okay, if, we know the song, don't we? If, Christ is, if you've chosen to accept Christ as your Lord, then you are not a slave. I am not a slave. So when that fear comes up in certain situations, I can choose, can't I? I can choose to let myself be burdened by the yoke of slavery or not to be burdened by it. So a couple of weeks ago, um, Summer was, well, Tim was unwell a little bit and then Summer was a little bit unwell. That's my 18-month-old daughter. And then Summer was really unwell <laughs> and then we were really unwell <laughs> and it was this lovely cycle of passing it around the family. And um, it was a, it, Summer was really unwell on a Saturday and she wasn't eating or drinking anything. You can get anything into her. Um, and so she was a bit dehydrated. And of course, being a Saturday, you can't just pop to the GP, can you? So we took her into A&E. Um, and it was one of those horrible journeys where I've known that she hasn't drunk anything in 10 hours or whatever it's been. And, and she's crying in the back of the car and we're driving in and I'm just praying, come on, God, like, where's your peace? You know, this is awful. Like, she's going to die. Where's your, you know, come on, you need to act in this situation. And I, and I, there was, I had nothing. I heard nothing from God whatsoever. Nothing. No peace. No word. Nothing. Open up my Bible. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing was speaking into it. I was like, what's going on? This is like, I know that you speak, Lord, so what's going on? I was really fearful. And um, after I got seen in A&E and got some advice and got some medication and got back home and sort of the next day or so when she started to get better, I, um, I started to have the, the situation in a, in a bit more context <laughs> and realised the reason that I wasn't receiving any words from the Lord, I wasn't receiving any any peace in the Lord, was because I, I wasn't where I needed to be. <laughs> I wasn't, I'd, if he was here, I'd moved away. <laughs> I'd moved away from him. He hadn't moved. <laughs> he didn't need to come close to me. I'd moved away from him. I'd chosen to put myself into slavery to fear. But that, was, that wasn't what God said. God was like, we're, we're, we're still together. I've still redeemed you. We're not in slavery. We're not in fear. It's okay. And I just thought, I just thought that, was, that was really interesting. So Christ is my Lord. But I can still choose to put myself into slavery. So I wonder what that thing is for you. You might want to think about that. Isaiah 43. God is all over this chapter in our church at the moment. He's been speaking to me from Isaiah 43 for, for a good couple of years about all sorts of different things. Um, towards the beginning, verses 3 and 4, God speaks through Isaiah and he says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honoured in my sight and because I love you. 
I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. So how are we no longer slaves? Well, we're redeemed, aren't we? We're redeemed. If you want to like, say amen or something, then. So we're redeemed, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we're bought at a price. Okay, Isaiah spoke about it and Jesus did it. Okay, nations, people, in exchange for your life, we're redeemed. We are no longer slaves. Christ has done that. It's amazing, amazing truth. When I, when I was speaking to the Lord about what he wanted me to talk about tonight, um, one of the things that he said was, tell them that I love them. Tell them that they are my people. I paid a price for their redemption. Yeah. <laughs> tell them I love them. That's, we're children. Okay, you are God's child. How exciting. <laughs> We're adopted by God. He's our father and we're his children. I think it's probably a truth that we talk quite a lot about in church, certainly with the young people on a Sunday morning. We're looking at that at the moment, so I feel like I'm talking about how God is our father and we're his children quite a lot, but it's really good, isn't it? We should say that. We should say that a lot. Uh, John, in the book of John, he tells us that Jesus had a conversation with a Pharisee called Nicodemus where he started to explain the the promise, the process of becoming a child of God. And and Jesus called it being born again. It's probably a term that I'm sure you've heard. That goes back to the very beginning of creation, doesn't it, in Genesis, where Adam and Eve first disobeyed God and they first brought that disobedience, that sin, into being. And they died. The consequence of their disobedience was that they died. They didn't die that day. Their spirits died, and they died later. And then every person that's been born since then, from that seed of Adam, that leads to death. We die, don't we? But when we choose to make Jesus our Lord, we are born again. Our spirits come alive. We're no longer from the seed of Adam. We're from the seed of Jesus, who is perfect and never sinned. So our spirit is born again and we are filled with his Holy Spirit. God literally says, I'm never leaving you again. I am moving in this time. I'm coming in. I'm never leaving you. You are born again. And we're filled with his Holy Spirit. God literally, literally comes in. It's good. And we are a brand new creation. Our whole beings are transformed. So we're born again. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So we're no longer slaves, but we're free, we're redeemed, we're bought with a price by Jesus who becomes our brother because Father God adopts us as his children and we're born again as part of God's family. And that's when we really find our place in life, our significance and our security as his children. It's not about who we are, but it's about who our father is. doesn't matter what people say about us doesn't matter what our plans fail. doesn't matter when we get it wrong. We're part of God's family. He's our king. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. End of that verse. God has also made you an heir. So an heir is somebody who receives from father gifts and inheritance and since God is our perfect father then that inheritance surely is pretty good <laughs> Matthew seven eleven says if you then though you are evil this is Jesus talking know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him okay so the Lord has really spoken to me particularly about this bit um, 
during this preparation because um, it's like I'd heard it for the first time. I knew that I wasn't a slave. I knew that I was his child. But I don't think I'd given much time to thinking about what it meant to be an heir and that when God talks about good gifts, he's talking about that like it's our inheritance because we're now part of his family. So being God's child gives me that significance, but being an heir, that gives me authority. Okay, that was the word that he spoke to me. It gives me authority in his kingdom. Authority to build his kingdom as I serve him humbly in love. And what are the good gifts that we receive? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit living in me, living in you. And Christ is your Lord. God's presence and God's power in you. Do you know that you have your that authority? I'm learning. <laughs> as a new creation, a co-heir with Christ, we have authority. We have authority over despair. We have authority over sickness and death over hopelessness, over fear, over foolishness, over lies, over false truth. We have authority over curses and we have the authority to speak blessing into situations. God is so good. (laughs) He's a good father. He's a good father. Okay, so I'm just going to finish. And um, if you'll let me, I'm just going to speak over you what we've just said. You know, speak over you that verse. You might, if you want to hold your hands out to receive, you might want to, you might want to do that. But seeing as I have authority to speak blessing, I'm going to take that and I'm going to do that now. So you are no longer a slave. You have been redeemed and you are set free. You are God's child and you are a co-heir with Christ. You have an inheritance of new life in the spirit of power and authority to build your Father's kingdom. Father God, would you help us to live like that? (laughs) Amen.